Well, well, well. Look who we have here. Me, Dara Lane. Finally back with a new episode, and although it's been a minute, I hope you'll forgive me as I've been busy working on this upcoming season and even busier lying on my living room area rug, staring expressionless at the ceiling. Yep, everything is just great over here at Laydew headquarters, and I hope all of you are doing well, asterisk, footnote, as well as anyone can be during a relentless global pandemic. Though every day has been bleeding into the next, today I'll disrupt the pattern by presenting you with a new season of the podcast, premiering with a very special episode. She is a producer. She is an actress. You know her from The Big Lebowski, American Pie, and of course, Josie and the Pussycats, as well as a million other TV and film roles. May I present to you my interview with the icon, the legend, the Gorgina, Tara Reid. Tara Reid, thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it is it is an honor. Um, how are you doing in quarantine? I'm doing actually great in quarantine. Um, when we're in quarantine, most people are sitting there, you know, waiting for something to happen. And I decided to do the opposite and create something that will happen. So I started to get into producing and um, I'm producing this movie called Monsters Mushroom, which is uh, my baby. It'll be a franchise of five. And I'm doing it with this, uh, the director and also my partner. Her name is White Cross, who I I did another movie with. And um, it's just a really exciting time. So we've been working on that through quarantine, like big time, you know, trying to find the financing and the actors and this. You don't realize how much, you know, really goes into the other side, which has been so interesting to me because I've only been on the acting side. So when I'm shooting a movie, I don't realize you know, how much really goes into the other side, how hard it is to, you know, get a movie together. So it's just incredible how much I've learned. And, you know, it's really kept me busy. And not just that one, I have like a slate of different other films that I'm working on. So it's been really exciting. That is exciting. Um, Can you say more about what Masha's Mushroom is about? Masha's Mushroom is, it's like a movie definitely never seen. It's Super trippy. So there's this thing called purple dust. So like, and it goes in the air. So like, not like like COVID, but COVID could go in the air. It's not COVID, but it's you know, it's purple dust, and it makes you like like mushrooms. It makes you start hallucinating, seeing things. Like, say you see a picture on the wall, and the picture has fish, you know, on the wall. It's in the ocean. All of a sudden, before you know it you're swimming with the fish in the ocean. Like it's some crazy stuff. Or you'll be sitting on the couch in the living room and a like a purple pony will go through the room. You're like, what was that? You know? So there's so many trippy things and elements on it, but everyone sees it different. But Masha, who I play, I'm the mother. And basically Masha is on this purple dust, but everyone else is too in a different way. And Masha thinks she's throwing her daughter's birthday. So she's setting up this big birthday party for her. But really, it's her funeral. I mean, it's crazy. That's my interpretation. But everyone has different ones. It's also scary. There's a lot of other under voices behind it. There's also a lot of heart in it because the confusion of it and just the cast and how they're going to get together. But we also really want on it, like, the colors. 
really bright colors, like bright, beautiful, the, the way everyone dresses. Like, it's just going to be something that you've really never, ever seen before. And it's exciting. And, you know, to do a franchise, and I love franchises, you know, look at American Pie, even look at Sharknado, you know, like, so to be a part of another franchise, but I'm producing this one from the very, very beginning. It's really exciting. I mean, you are, I guess, yeah, you're the franchise queen. You got two, two of the biggest under your belt. Have you ever considered directing or anything like that now that you're getting behind the camera? Um, I think eventually that will come. But right mm-hmm. now, uh, you know, I, I definitely know how to act with actors and I know the shots and I know everything behind it. As an, as an actor, you learn that. But I'm really enjoying being on both sides of the camera right now. So I think that would be, you know, in a few years, but time is of the essence. Yes. Um, how did you actually get started in acting in the first place? You were pretty young and it was, you kind of started with commercials and then Days of Our Lives. Yeah, no, um, how it really started is I lived in New Jersey. So one day me, my mom, my brother were in the Jersey Mall and we were getting pizza. You know, my mom went to get it for us and me and my brother sat at the table. But of course we were being naughty and bad. And we were chasing each other around the table and just acting crazy, like little bad kids, but having fun, you know, like, nah, 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 nah. And um, then there was happened to be this talent manager that was sitting next to us that was visiting her daughter from New Jersey and she lived in New York City. And uh, when my mom came up, she's like, and I was six, she was like, oh my God, your daughter. She is like, amazing. She's so funny. Like, she's great. She goes, there's this role that they're looking for for um, it's based on a Stephen King novel. Um, this guy, Larry Cohen's directing it and they can't find the girl. So she said, she has to go and audition. My mom's like, well, she doesn't know how to act. So uh, this is something we didn't even think about, you know? So she's like, please have her come and audition. So I never read a script before. I didn't do lines, I didn't do anything. And I went in there and did it. And uh, then he called my mom uh, in the room and he said, uh, I'd like to offer your daughter the role. So right then and there, I got the movie. And then ever since then, it kind of just, so it's not like we were searching for, I never knew I was even going to be an actor. Yeah, It kind of yeah. fell in her lap. And then you ended up going to the the children's professional school yeah. in New York. And you had a lot of famous classmates as well. It was Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Macaulay Culkin, Donald Faison, Jerry O'Connell. I, I, just Christina Ricci. I mean, just a lot of people. It was, you know, it was just, it was crazy. Did you, since you kind of fell into it at a young age, as you got older, did you ever kind of start to consider other careers, like trying other things? Or were you just, once you started doing it, you're like, this is all I want to do? No, once you start doing it, it's addictive. It, yeah. it was so much fun. And I met so many cool people. And it's such a free life, you know, like, back then before social media exists but it was just it was just fun I mean the school in PCS was like the only school that you could go to and during like a test say a science test you know because it was so small maybe there's like Mm -hmm. 20 kids in each grade we'd all leave and then we're like what's everyone leaving for I'm like oh we all have a commercial edition so you're allowed to go in the principal's office literally and sign out and so you have this edition and we'd all do the same thing, like, you know, so we took the test and like two people would stay in the room and do the test. We'd find out everything on the test and the next day we'd on the test and we'd all nail it. <laughs> was the Big Lebowski what got you to move to Los Angeles or had you already moved there and just started no, moved, auditioning? I moved there for the summer. And then when I moved okay. there and I got all these parts, then I went to my parents and asked them if I could defer college for a year so it means if you get into the college 
and defer, you're still accepted. So I said to my parents, if I don't mm-hmm. do anything more, you know, then I promise we'll go back to school. But then everything blew up. So I didn't have to go back to university. And I stayed out in LA and here I am now talking to you. <laughs> what, what school were you going to go to? There was a couple, like one, one was like an acting school. Mm-hmm. Um, one was, I'll tell you a funny story. But then I was going to go to Ohio State because my brother went to Ohio State. My other brother went to Ohio State. Like, it kind of ran in my family. But then um, I auditioned for UCLA, right? Okay. And they said no. I went for the drama department. They said no, like I wasn't good enough, right? So then years later, it shows you how the world goes in a circle. <laughs> years later, after I shot all these movies, UCLA calls my agent and they want me to sit down and talk to their drama department. And I thought, are you joking me? You guys said, didn't even accept me. You know, like they didn't realize. And now you want me to talk to the drama department. That shows you what the case you guys have. You know, it was pretty funny. I mean, but that must feel good. It didn't, does. I mean, and you didn't have fun. to waste all that money on, uh, on <laughs> tuition either. Yeah, no, it just shows you though how, how the world goes like 360, in, you know, in life. Yeah. Okay, so you move to LA and you start getting all these roles and you get a part on Days of Our Lives. What was that day-to-day like? It's different than like, it's the same thing with the movie, you, you know, but mm-hmm. a soap opera is so quick, you know, like you don't get two takes, like you got it. There's like four cameras going, you do it and you move on. But I had, it was a great learning experience mm-hmm. It taught you a lot. So when you started going to film, you know, it, like almost like a, Soap operas was like a learning school. That's why so many like, famous people come from that, you know? You yeah. learn how to be quick and on your toes and what to do. And so that was definitely a great learning experience for me. And it was a great experience. Yeah, but then from there, I went to the Big Lebowski. So like, it was a, you know? What was that audition experience like? Well, the audition experience was crazy because I auditioned for it a couple of times. And then the last audition, I came up and there was two girls in the waiting room. And it was Charlize Theron and Liv Tyler. <laughs> And I walked up and I was like, yeah, right. There's no way I'm going to get this part. And then, you know, I had my audition and we didn't hear anything for a couple of days. So I was like, oh. And then all of a sudden, like three days later, they called and they're like, Tara got the part. And I was like, ah. But I didn't realize who the Coen brothers and who everyone was. I still had that innocence in me. So when I was making it, I wasn't nervous. Like, I didn't realize how big of a deal of everyone was, you know? And right. that, that, that made me get like, Urban Legend. Uh, I got a three-picture deal at Universal. So then I did American Pie, American Pie 2, Dosey and the Pussycats. I kept working with Universal. Did Cruel Intentions, Man Wilder, uh, a million movies. You, you see, resume is like forever. You, you know? have the longest IMDb profile it runs on for miles. <laughs> um, I want to jump into Josie and the Pussycats. You've said that it's one of your favorite movies that you've ever done, correct? Absolutely. Did you actually have to like learn how to play the drums, all that? Or was it, did they just kind of like give you a few lessons? And- no, trust me, I had to learn how to play them. Oh, cool. I was so bad at first because <laughs> I couldn't separate my hands from my feet. You know, and you have to be like, you so I was going like, dong, dong, you know, and then the drummer that taught me, he was like, oh God, this is going to be awful, you know, and then all of a sudden one day I was like, I got it. And I was like, yes, you know, it's amazing. But um, yeah, I did learn the drums. It was an incredible time and so much fun. And, uh, you know, Rachel had to learn the guitar. Oh, Rosario wow. had to learn the bass. So we actually really did play the songs. Oh, that is so 
Cool. Do you ever, you know, play little drums here and there on your off time? <laughs> I really have a drum set in my house. I live in a condo. <laughs> I mean, a drum set is not like a guitar where you could just toss it in the closet if you don't want to use it. It's beautiful. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like the mad monster. And you're also still close with Rachel Lee Cook, right? I feel like I've heard that in an interview. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are to- still buds. Oh, absolutely. She's one of the kindest girls you'll ever meet in your life. You know, all three of us yeah. had like the best time on that movie because it was just three girls playing in a rock band, you know? And it was like, I think every actor wants to be a rock star and every rock star wants to be an actor. Mm-hmm. So being an actor playing a rock star was just incredible. Like we, we totally were living it. It was so much fun. Oh, your performance in that is Lucille Ball level hilarious. So you're so great in that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, so American Pie was another movie where most of the cast were people your own age. Did you guys have a blast making that? Did you all become close? What What was that experience like? Yeah, American Pie, because it was a lot of people's first movie. Um, there was a bond between the cast members because everyone was so innocent. And um, yeah, we shot it in LA. So we would do things like, you know, go out to lunch or go to dinner. And I mean, we watched the very first, uh, the premiere, very first one in my house with the whole staff and the directors before anyone, like first screening of it. And everyone's like, you know, lay, I have this huge couch and everyone's laying on the couch and this and that, you know. And then we went to Mexican food afterwards. We all had a blast. <laughs> who were you, who were you closest with? I would say Natasha Leon. Oh. Yeah. I would love to see you two out and about having a good time. You guys seem like a, a fun pair. When I first met her, she looked at me and she's like, you know, she is. And she me, she's like, look, you look like Barbie. She's like, and we're not going to get along. So like, probably just like stay, like, let's not like try to be friends. And before you knew it, she was living in my house. <laughs> we were like best friends. So it's a really funny story. Are you guys still close now? I mean, we don't talk like every day, but mm-hmm. we see each other. There's mad love there. Yeah. Aww. Okay. I want to pivot into the nitty gritty of the early 2000s. Um, this podcast is, of course, called Late Do. You remember this after Late Do. We're big nice. into club culture here. So I want to know what were some of your favorite clubs to go to back in the day? Um. Lay Do is definitely one of my favorite because it was outside. It was so pretty. You walked in, there was like candles and you felt like you were like in Europe or something. Ooh. So I love it. Um, what else? There's so many clubs. Uh, they change all the time. I think Bar One was one of the clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another one called The Door. There was another one called, gosh, you're killing me. So <laughs> long ago. Uh, you could remind me and I can say yes and no, because there's so many, they change like every day their names. Did you ever go to LAX? I went to LAX not that much, but I, mm-hmm. I was there, but it was not the, the crowd and the music were a little bit different than what we wanted. You know, so we did go there, but it wasn't really, it was more like you sat on top of the couches, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you had your own booth, sat on top and no one really talked to each other. So it was kind of more unsocial okay you know yeah so but we did go there like a couple of times but that would not be my uh, favorite one at all <laughs> uh what about uh Hyde Hyde is definitely one of my favorite my best friend owns it so we still go to Hyde you know not during quarantine but um Hyde is uh yeah definitely we go there all the time it was like a my best best friend 
owns it. So we it was like I owned it. So we could go in and out and do whatever we wanted. It was like having a clubhouse, yeah. like your own personal yeah, place. It really was. It was perfect. We walk in, I'd walk in with like 20 people and they'd be like, oh, it's tired. <laughs> Meanwhile, the the whole like there'd be a line all the way around the block, the block. I mean, you couldn't get in the club. And then I would just cut through like the people, you know, and uh we cut through and we just roll in and we go right to the owner's table and you know, it was, that was the one that was set up for the most, for sure. Um, I feel like I read somewhere that you were an investor in Geisha House. Is that true? That's true. That's true. How did that come about? Um, I invested in this other restaurant called Bella and, um, same partners. And, uh, unfortunately they, you know, they were doing really good at first, but then as, as, you know, restaurants go and as clubs go, they turn around fast. So mm-hmm. we had a good run on them, but then they, another club opened that was hotter next door. You know, it, just, it goes like that. You know, it's definitely a sad when, you know, you're so excited and you go in there, you're the owner and it's fun, but yeah, that had to come to an end. Yeah. Uh, so can you describe for me a typical club night? You're getting ready. What are you doing? When are you going? Are you going to dinner first? What would be like a typical night on the town for you um especially because one of my friends owns like a lot of the clubs here not just Hyde and at the time I was single and 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 so he I would call him up and he'd call me up and be like what color are you wearing tonight I'd be like purple he'd be like right, I'm wearing purple too and everyone thought we were like brother and sister because we look alike and uh we'd go in and we'd rock it you know like we'd wear our outfits first then we might go to dinner with some friends and then we'd just roll in you know and that was like how he did it and everyone would be staring at our table like all the cool kids back then you know and uh we had a great time what was your favorite fashion trend of the early 2000s that people don't really do today but you kind of wish would make a little comeback I think I mean I'm kind of known for this uh, I think I really started the hip huggers you know yes you know, yes I, I really started that so and I still wear them but they're not exactly as low you know I'm not showing my stomach you know, like I would show my stomach and I had a diamond you know belly chain you know like that whole kind of stuff it was great I loved it so when I asked my listeners if they had any questions they wanted to ask you um a surprising amount of people wanted to hear about the time you're in the JC Chazé video I was really good friends with that uh, InSync and especially JC is a good friend of mine. And what happened was they actually had a model that was supposed to play that part. And she canceled at the last minute, literally like 12 hours before. So also the producer of that song is this guy named Dallas Austin, who I've been friends with forever. So Dallas is like, call Tara. We're all friends with Tara. She'll do it. And they come up, they're like, can you be ready in 12 hours and you know, do this video? And I was like, of course, you know, they're my best friends. So we just did it. And uh, it was so much fun. I think the video was so good. I, I think it was like, underestimated because it didn't get as much exposure, you know, <laughs> as it but I love the video. I think it's great. It's such a great snapshot of the early 2000s. Like your hair is so amazing with the, oh, the, hair the bohawk. Yeah, the orange. And yeah, I loved it. I was like, I try to do that look for um, the last movie in Sharknado. Oh, yeah. You know, with the hair like that. But uh, no one could get that hair right like they did in that. <laughs> like that video was amazing. Um, you 
did a collaboration with Ed Hardy in like 2009. Yeah. What was that? What was that like? He's great. I mean, unfortunately he passed away, but um, that was really fun because we went on tour. I went all over Australia to promote it. I went to Bali to promote it. Like, um, you know, we just kind of traveled the world on that. And it was just, at the time, it was the hottest thing. Everyone had the Ed Hardy hats and this and that. Mm-hmm. So being like billboards and, you know, doing all the promotion, it was really fun. You got to meet a lot of cool people from everywhere. So I had a great time on that. And you also got to travel around the world for Terra Dice, your travel show on E! How did that all come about? It was originally called Wild On, right? So I had a meeting with E! And um, they were talking about redoing Wild On. And I said, well, if we're going to do it, I'm not, I don't want to, do, I don't be the second person of yeah. Wild On. I said, so like think of paradise. So let's call it paradise, Ooh. you know, and it was through my vision, you know, of where we were going and what we were going to do and how we we're going to do it. And it was completely different than Wild On. Yeah. You know, it was a more personal, like it was a completely different show. And I just love to be able to show the people that never had the chance to, you know, go to Europe, to go to these places. So I made them feel like they were with me, you know, and they got to see all sides of it. And that was my favorite thing in Paradise. Like, I feel like they, like people feel like they were traveling with me. They were my friends with me on that show. Would you ever consider doing a show like that again? I mean, I don't know. I don't, maybe producing one. Yeah. But I, I think I'm too old for it now. You know, I don't think I can handle what I used to do when I was in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all the traveling, running around, that's, I mean, I get tired when I just go on a short vacation and not have to film things. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I don't think I could ever uh, hit that level again. No, no. You know, you can't do what you did like in your 20s when you're in your 40s. It's just not the same. It's like looking at a high school picture of you and then looking at a picture of you now. You're like, "Mm, no. Mm -mm. (laughs) What was your favorite episode that you ever did for that show? I would say Sardinia in Italy. What was that like? Well, um, I'm good friends with Roberto Cavalli. Um, I'm good okay. friends with this, uh, an owner that owns Cipriani's. It's a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're good friends. And just other designers, you know, Dolce & Gabbana and everyone. And everyone was always in Sardinia, all the Italians. So the Cipriani's were, like, my best friends. They were, like, they're still, like, my family members. So they would take me with them, you know, to Sardinia. And I'd meet all these high-profile people. So when we went to Sardinia, I knew how to handle the show. That's when we got on every single boat and every single yacht, you know, met all these people. Because, you know, I was kind of like Willie, you know, and the chocolate factory, you know, I was knowing you the factory. I was kind of the host saying, here, look what we have, you know. <laughs> so that, that show, because I knew so many people and it was so easy to get on places that you can never, ever get in or on, mm-hmm. like personally. And uh, that one was really cool. And also my parents uh, came on that trip and uh, since then, they both passed away. Aww. So that was a really special trip for me, too. Yeah. Well, you've been all around the world and you've partied all around the world and you've done so much. I mean, I can't imagine how many incredible stories you have locked away in the vault. Yeah. Um, have you ever thought about writing a memoir? Yeah, I have. But um, I feel like I'm on my second wave right now and I don't think it's time to do it yet, you know, because. I, I want people to see the next, you know, the adult Tara, not just the, the young teenage, like, or, you know, young girl that was always, like, having fun and partying. You know, I've definitely become completely different. I have a lot of businesses now. 
you know, I'm producing like at least 12 films right now. Um, I'm getting involved in clothing and, and just different, I'm collaborating with different designers. And so we have a lot of stuff going on. So it's exciting. So I want them to see the transition. So it's not just always talked about that. That, that would be something, you know, obviously you have to speak about, but I rather talk about the future and now because everyone knows about those days. It's not, it's not a new story for people. You know, it's like, it's, it's what's happening now, how the world's changed now, you know, it has, you know, and, and how are you getting through it? And what did you do to get through it? And how, you know, everyone has different stories about quarantine. I mean, no one knew that we were gonna be in lockdown for so long, you know, being in your house for a year. But that's like, also for me, I decided you could do two things out of this. You could stay home and be depressed, you know, or you could be creative and collaborate with a lot of people. It was also easier to get in touch with other people, yeah. you know, because no one's, no right. one's doing anything. So I collaborated with a lot of different people and uh, there's a lot going on right now. And it's really exciting times for me. Tara, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but this was so great. Um, can you tell people where to find you? Instagram, obviously. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram under Tara Reed. You got to see a little checkpoint. Um, uh, then you can find me on um, Twitter, same thing, Tara Reed, checkpoint. And um, I don't really play with too much of other things. You know, I don't really go on Facebook, so... I wouldn't do that because I don't really do anything, but I would say stick to Twitter and Instagram. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. Um, it was a great time and you're a living legend. We love you. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Well, there you have it, my darlings. What a thrill talking to Tara. She was so nice and she was so chill. So go follow her and go watch Josie and the Pussycats and then come back next week for the first storytelling episode of my series on Playboy and the Girls Next Door. And of course, please rate, review, subscribe, follow me on Instagram, and you can follow me on TikTok at Lay Do You Remember This. Okay, see you next week. That's it. We're done. Money.